Welcome to the Pete Slevin Fitness Podcast, where we discuss all things fitness, health, and well-being with your host, Pete Slevin. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Pete Slevin Fitness Podcast. Today's episode is a podcast blast, so I'm going to try and keep it under 15 minutes. Um, today's topics are GAA related. I put out a Q&A over my Instagram at the weekend and this is just a few questions that came in. Um, so going to jump straight into it. First question came in from Marty and he's looking to know the three best upper body exercises. So Marty, without knowing the context, whether what your goals are, um, I would say if you're looking to build muscle, improve your strength and performance, then the likes of a bench press, a military press and some form of a row, they're going to help you big time. So these are compound movements which will give you more bang for your buck compared to isolated movements like uh, a dumbbell fly or a side raise, for example. So an isolated movement is just going to really target that primary muscle group. So the likes of a dumbbell fly or a side raise, you're just going to target that side delt or the pec, but nothing else. On the other hand, if you implement your big compound movements, so the likes of a bench press, then it's going to hit that pec area. But also as you move through the reps, your secondary movers are going to come into play more, like your front delts and your triceps. And it's the same with a row. Your back's going to be hit primarily, but your biceps will come into play as well. And if you implement some form of uh, an overhead press or a military press, then primarily you're going to hit those shoulders, but your triceps will kick in as well. And then just in relation to your goals, so as I say, I'm not sure what your goals are, but if you're looking to put on a bit of size, you want to be working around that 10, 10 rep mark. Um, if it's strength that you're looking to improve, then you want to be working around that five, six rep uh, mark and probably a good rep range to work around if you're looking at a combination of both is probably that eight rep mark. And when I say eight reps or 10 reps, you want to be using a weight that you wouldn't have been able to do another rep. So if it's eight reps, you want to use a, a weight that you wouldn't have been able to do a, a ninth rep. And then if you're looking to uh, improve your performance, I would uh, get in movements, Marty, that are going to loosen you up through your hip flexors. You want to get your glutes activated and firing. Um, so adding in some form of explosive movements, plyometric movements. Um, you want to be working through your quads, obviously. And uh, this is all going to help you or prevent you from fatiguing in games. Um, so a combination of all this will set you up well for performance and physique goals. So the next question then came in from Cormac, who has asked uh, about getting back to match fitness. Should he be doing sprints or long runs? I've done absolutely nothing during the lockdown and I need to get my act together. I admire your honesty, Cormac. So to get you back up to match fitness as quickly as you can, I'd focus on sprint training. And it's a good way to hijack your training uh, and get you back to match fitness faster. Uh, I see an awful lot of GAA players and they're doing long jogs, particularly in the last couple of weeks. I see them out in the road and things and they're doing long runs on a weekly basis, the likes of a two, three, five kilometer jog. And these are good, don't get me wrong, but they aren't necessarily the quickest way to get your fitness up to speed. Uh, excuse the pun, particularly in such a short space of time. I'm not anti-long distance run by any stretch. Uh, they definitely have their benefits. Um, obviously, it's better than doing nothing. But if I were to choose between sprints or long runs, 
to build up my cardiovascular fitness and get leaner faster, get match fitness faster, I would pick sprints every time. You're playing a glycolytic-based sport. If you think about it, GAA is a sprint-based sport, effectively, where you work in short bursts primarily, and you want to be mimicking that in your training so that it transfers over to the pitch. So what's the difference between doing sprints and long runs, and why does this matter? Well, Cormac, our bodies have various energy systems that it calls upon, depending on what type of activity we're doing. And when we run for long periods, we're utilizing the aerobic energy system. And this energy system comes into play when we're performing an activity at such a level that uh, we can maintain for an an extended period of time. So our muscles have enough oxygen to help produce the energy needed to perform them. So on the other hand, then when we work in short, quick bursts, so i.e. sprints or, or even weightlifting in the gym where you're working, you know, for a second up to, up to about 30 seconds, uh, we're using a system called the creatine phosphate, phosphate energy system. And if you're doing any more than that, if you're working, say, for a period of 30 seconds to about three minutes at a high intensity, then our body's using the anaerobic uh, energy system. And when you're working in with these energy systems, you'll you'll uh, soon experience that oxygen demand is greater than oxygen being supplied, and thus then your body can't keep up with the energy your body's providing, and that leads to well lactate production. But eventually, it'll lead to you giving up on the exercise or having to stop. So, trying to keep this simple in simple terms, but in GAA, then we tend to tap into the creatine phosphate and anaerobic systems, particularly more so than the aerobic systems. So, by doing long jogs or 10 to 15 laps of the pitch, which would have been a thing that was done common enough uh, back in the day, um, obviously that's all going to help to a degree with our fitness but it's not the most effective use of your time. So primarily we're not using the aerobic system. Um, So when you do long runs, the body is using that aerobic system, which you rarely tap into when playing a match. And uh, you always want to train in a way that's mimicking the game and mimicking the movement patterns. So if you can incorporate this in your training, your body's going to be more accustomed to these planes of movements. And that's also going to help prevent injuries. So you want to be implementing sprints into your training. It's probably the most effective way and you'll get fit very quickly. Um, What I've been doing with my GAA online clients is implementing sprints at the end of their sessions, um, 10 rounds. Uh, Some guys have treadmills at home. Some of them are doing them outside. So they're sort of working in 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, or 20 seconds on, 40 seconds off. Or if you're outside, try and do 50, 60 meter sprints recover, then go again. And I wouldn't do any more than 10 rounds of that. Um, Just as a side note, it also uh, probably is worthwhile noting depending on what position you play. Um, So for example, if you're a corner forward or a corner back, you're you're generally going to be doing shorter sprints in a game. So you want to be focusing on your takeoff speed and working over short distances like 20, 30 metres. Where if you compare that to a midfielder or a wing back or a wing forward, it's maybe in your interest to practice sprints over a longer distance, the likes of 50 to maybe 100 metres, and you're looking at topping out on your speed so that you get faster gradually, if you like, um, rather than a takeoff speed. And further to this, just make sure you're sprinting at max effort for that full period. So 
If you are working for 30 seconds, make sure you're sprinting at 100% for 30 seconds. You don't want to be doing 15 seconds and then slowing down to uh, the likes of a slow jog or a fast jog for the remainder or else you're at the point of diminishing returns. So you're better going all out for 15 seconds than taking your recovery rather than doing 20 seconds at a slow pace, if you know what I mean. Are you tired of yo-yo dieting? Do you feel you aren't getting the results your efforts deserve? Where would you like to be in 60 days? Why not join our online coaching group? We have the proper systems and plans to ensure all our clients get the results on body composition they desire and fits around your lifestyle and schedule. So whether it's shredding fat, toning up and building muscle or improving your performance, we can get you there faster with proper nutritional guidance, bespoke training programs, daily support and accountability. We have all the tools and community to get you there. You will have full access to our private Facebook support group. If you want to take action today and join our group, contact Pete via DM or sign up online at peteslevenfitness.com. All information is available in the show notes. Another thing my clients have been implementing, and it's a good way to get the match fitness up, is some form of metabolic conditioning or hit at the end of a session. So it's effectively a circuit and you're working at a height intensity using exercises that, that are going to strengthen and condition the body and muscle and that will transfer over onto the pitch. And so a couple of exercises like the likes of your box jumps, your glute pop-ups, which are essentially like a burp- burpee with a dumbbell, um, your push-ups, renegade rows, which are your, you're in a plank position and you're rowing, uh, kettlebell swings are good, and then you've got the likes of uh, battle ropes. And if you just form a circuit out of them kind of exercises, do 20, 30 seconds on each or 15 reps on each or whatever, and do them back to back with little to no rest, then that's one circuit. And I would take then 90 seconds recovery and do another three rounds of that. Um, they're just wee things that help. Um, and they're just fast and effective ways to get your match fitness and improve your conditioning. Um, so hope that helps, Cormac. Um, let me know if you need any more help with that. And the last question today has come in from Una, who plays ladies football and wants to know what are the best foods to eat. Um, Una, just to keep this short and simple for the podcast, could I could dedicate a whole podcast to that topic. Um, but this is very dependent on your goal and your dietary requirements, obviously. So obviously, if you're gluten intolerant, for example, it's going to probably be totally different from the likes of what I'm going to recommend here. But a big uh, factor in nutrition is how our bodies digest the food we eat and we want to be absor- absorbing the nutrients rather than excreting them and getting as much from the food as we can. So although there are no bad foods or good foods per se, there's definitely foods that are supportive and unsupportive towards our goals and that's how you should look at food and how your relationship with food should be. It shouldn't be a case of what's good and what's bad but does it support your goals. I'll try and keep this simple and general and We'll work with one from each macronutrient, so one from carbohydrates, one from protein, and one from a fat source. So carb sources, so your carbohydrates are very important for GAA players. They get a bad reputation, particularly for body composition, but this is probably the most important macronutrient for a GAA athlete. It's the best food source to help fuel your body effectively and efficiently. And my choice would be porridge or oats. They're a slow-releasing fuel source, so you aren't going to get rapid spikes in your blood sugar levels. 
then followed by big dips or crashes in your energy. Um, when you eat porridge or oats, you're going to get a steady rise in your blood sugar and a steady release of energy. And that's what you want throughout the day. Um, a good thing about them is you can implement them at the start of your day. You can eat them before a game, you know, two hours before a game or whatever. And they're brilliant for post-workout as well for recovery. So if I had to choose a carb source, I would uh, probably go with porridge or oats. Protein then is another very important macronutrient, particularly with repair and recovery. And for this, I'm going to go for a meat-based option. So apologies if you're a vegan or a vegetarian. Um, you're going to have to get the likes of your protein from a plant-based diet. But I'm going to go with a meat-based option. And if you'd asked me this a few months back, I would have probably said chicken or turkey. And these are brilliant uh, protein sources. But since lockdown, uh, I've actually been eating a lot more fish and particularly uh, salmon. And I've definitely felt the benefits of this physically and mentally. Um, salmon is high in omega-3, which is great for brain cognition, um, but also it can alleviate inflammation and potentially pain in your body. So for those kind of factors or additional factors, I would probably go with salmon. And then the last macronutrient then is fat. And this is a macronutrient you have to be very careful with, particularly if you're improving uh, body composition or trying to improve your body composition as well as performance. Because out of all the macronutrients, it has the highest number of calories per gram. So if you're not aware, carbohydrates, protein have four calories per gram, where fat has nine calories per gram. So I would recommend about 20, 30% of your diet come from fat um, and you definitely want to be avoiding trans fats which are going to increase cholesterol triglyceride levels in the body which is going to increase your risk of heart disease so just be mindful of that when it comes to fats um, and you want to avoid obviously heavily processed foods so what i would recommend from a fat source probably the likes of an avocado or even peanut butter are very good sources um, a good one to add to your porridge is uh, a tablespoon of flaxseed. Um, it's high in omega-3, which I was talking about, and also protein and fiber. So I've given you a couple of options there with regards to your fat sources. But the main thing is just be mindful of how much you're getting from fats and try and stay away from trans fats. So hope that helps, Una. And if you have any questions, just drop me a DM again. Um, so that's it for today's episode of the Podcast Blast. I've tried to keep it under the 15 minute mark. Hope you've enjoyed it. And once again, please like or share and leave a comment for me if you can. It just brings more awareness to the podcast and that really benefits me and it means I can help more people. Um, so once again, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time. And until then, mind yourself and mind each other. Thanks. <laughs>